Hi, I'm John, host of the Al Ghaiba podcast, and this is episode 3 of my program called The True Successor. In this episode, we will learn about the events leading to the rise of the 11th Shia Imam Al Hassan Al Askari and why they occurred. Subscribe to the podcast to not miss an episode. Going back to episode 2, we learned that after the assassination of Faris bin Hatim al-Qizwini, the biggest challenge to Imam Ali al-Hadi's control over his Shia community was quelled. But as Imam al-Hadi was approaching old age, he needed to appoint a successor to continue leading the movement after his death and thus ensure its continuity. So who did the Imam designate as his successor? Good question. Some background first. Imam Ali al-Hadi's eldest son was named Muhammad, a man with immense status and prestige among the followers of al-Hadi. According to Sayyid Muhsin al-Amin, this great status owed itself to the fact that Imam al-Hadi assigned Muhammad, who was still a child, as his deputy in Medina before Imam al-Hadi traveled to Samarra. Thus, while Muhammad enjoyed decades of leadership among Hijazi Shia, the traditional epicenter of the Imama, none of Imam al-Hadi's other sons, including Imam al-Askari, were assigned any positions of leadership by their father. And as such, if Imam al-Hadi were to appoint a successor who would ensure and protect the rights of the Shia, Muhammad bin Ali al-Hadi was an obvious choice for the community. Indeed, a report by Kulaini seems to suggest this is what originally happened. Imam Ali al-Hadi confirmed to his companion Abi Hashim al-Ja'fari, and I quote, Indeed, O Abba Hashim, God has done bada in favor of Abi Muhammad, meaning Al-Hasan Al-Askari, after Abi Ja'far's death, meaning Muhammad bin Ali Al-Hadi, in what was not known about him, meaning the creation did not know Al-Askari would be an Imam, in the same way God did bada in favor of Musa after Ismail died. And end quote. The hadith ends by confirming the fact that, and I quote, Abu Muhammad, my son, is my successor after me. He has knowledge for what is necessary, and he has the mechanism of the imama, end quote. Interesting hadith, right? So, let's analyze it from several angles. First of all, what is meant by bada'a? Its verb is the word Bada, which as in Surah 55 verse 33 means revealed. Essentially, Bada in Shi'ism means revealing, means God revealing or setting his authoritative will regarding a certain matter, even if his general will was going another direction. And God's creation was expecting that matter to go in the same way 
God's general will was. So, to demonstrate, in Surah 25, verses 68 to 69, Allah's will is that the person committing zina, he will meet a penalty which is a multiplied punishment on the day of resurrection, where he will abide there humiliated. So, this indicates that the general will Allah set for Azani is eternal hellfire. But, what if the Zani is a Muslim and he dies? In the hereafter, Prophet Muhammad intercedes for him towards God to either lessen his punishment or send him to heaven by virtue of the Zani's loyalty to the Ahlul Bayt. In that case, God's general will that the Zani is to be punished eternally would be replaced by an authoritative will, which is that God will send him to heaven because of Prophet Muhammad's intercession. In the case of Imam al-Hadi, God's general will was that Muhammad would succeed him, but his true, but his authoritative or true will was that Al-Hasan Al-Askari would succeed him. But this raises some important questions. Like, wouldn't this mean that when God created the 14 lights of Ahlul Bayt in pre-existence, it was Muhammad ibn Ali Al-Hadi instead of Al-Hasan Al-Askari who was the 13th light as the 11th Imam? Not quite. And so, this brings us to our second point. Secondly, the first Qibla assigned to the Prophet and Muslims is Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, in other words, Jerusalem. Yet, the Prophet was displeased about praying towards it, as the Jews mocked him for praying towards their Qibla. As Tabari clarifies in his interpretation of Surah 3, verse 95. So, in Surah 2, verse 144, Allah changes the Qibla from Jerusalem to Mecca and says, and I quote, We have certainly seen the turning of your face, O Muhammad, towards the heaven. And we will surely turn you to a qibla with which you will be pleased. So turn your face towards Al-Masjid Al-Haram. And wherever you believers are, turn your faces towards it in prayer. Essentially, God's general will for Muslims was that they prayed towards Jerusalem. But his true, authoritative, and final will was that they pray towards Mecca. A true will which God only revealed when the Prophet was displeased at continuing to pray towards Jerusalem. Why did God have his general will to be Jerusalem, though? Perhaps it is to signify the status of Jerusalem as a place that is worthy of the status of a Qibla even though it is not our Qibla anymore.
similarly, God's original nas, meaning his general will, was that Muhammad ibn Ali al-Hadi was to be the next Imam. So that God signifies his status in the eyes of Shia, his great status that is worthy of the Imama, but he isn't an Imam. And that God's true, authoritative, and final will is that Al-Hasan al-Askari is the Imam. Because Al-Hasan al-Askari's Imam is God's true will, he was the 13th light created in pre-existence. This is evident by Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq as reported in Sharh Usul al-Kafi saying after his son Ismail died and I quote God's bada in Ismail does not mean that God chose Ismail to be the Imam and then changed his mind and then did bada because he regretted choosing Ismail to be the Imam rather as Imam Ja'far commented on some ghulat that God changes his will out of that God changes Bada out of regret. Imam Jafar stated that whoever claims this is a kafir in the eyes of Allah the Almighty. Indeed, Shaykh al-Saduq interprets these ahadith as God making Ismail die before Imam Jafar so that the people would know he is not the true authoritative Imam from God. And so his bada is in favor of Musa al-Kafan. And because of this, Allah made his general will that Muhammad be the original designate, but that the true and final designate is Imam al-Hassan al-Askari. Going back to the narrative, Muhammad ibn Ali al-Hadi was a very honored figure in Shia communities. But there was a problem, which we previously mentioned in a hadith. Muhammad died during his father Ali al-Hadi's lifetime, in around 866 CE, two years before Imam al-Hadi's death. Muhammad had just completed his first trip to his father's seat in Samarra after having not seen his father in decades. A trip only made possible by the Abbasid Caliphate entering chaos in the midst of autonomous Turkish generals seizing effective power from weak caliphs, a period known as the Anarchy of Samarra. And so, as he was preparing to return to the Hijaz, Muhammad died suddenly in the desert town of Balad near Samarra. The Shia were absolutely devastated at the news. The cherished and honorable Imam had died. So now who will take his place? There doesn't seem to be a worthy contender in those Shia's eyes, as none of Imam al-Hadi's other sons, al-Hasan nor Ja'far, had any social positions that made them have status in the eyes of the public. However, 
we know this lack of social positions, I mean, is not an excuse to not follow an imam if he is designated by the previous imam and by, the vir- by that virtue appointed by God. As evident when in Surah 2 verse 247, God chose Talut as king over the Jews, and the Jews refused because they, one, saw other people as more wealthy than him, and two, because Talut was not wealthy and thus has no natural high status. Allah rejected the Jews' objection chiefly on the fact that Talut was appointed by him. Allah gives sovereignty slash his kingship to whomever he wants. As Surah 2 verse 247 says, and I quote, And their prophet said to them, Indeed, Allah has sent to you Talut as a king, they said. How can he have kingship over us? Well, we are more worthy of kingship than him, and he has not been given any measure of wealth. He said, Indeed, Allah has chosen him over you and has increased him abundantly in knowledge and stature. And Allah gives his sovereignty to whom he wills. And Allah is all encompassing, in favor, and knowing. Going back to the narrative, it is evident that Imam al-Askari knew of his appointment soon after his brother's death. Indeed, in two narrations, Kulaini reports that after Muhammad's death, Imam al-Hadi told his son al-Hasan to thank God, as God brought with him, meaning al-Hasan, the matter, meaning God has made you, O Hasan, my successor as another narration by Kulaini clarifies. Yet, the matter was not revealed to the public at that moment. The Shia remained perplexed at this question until four months before Imam al-Hadith's death, when the Imam made his choice of successor official. According to Kulaini, Yahya bin Yasar al-Qanbari, a companion of Imam al-Hadi, said, I quote, Abu al-Hasan, meaning Ali al-Hadi, alayhi salam, willed in favor of his son al-Hasan, four months before he passed away. And he made me and a group of Mawali witnesses on this well. End quote. And so, on the 21st of June, 868 CE, Ali al-Hadi was dead. The Imam's successor appointed, and the continuity of the Shia movement ensured. But this poses some serious questions. Would the new Imam's rise go unchallenged? Who will oppose him? And was he able to overcome these challenges? This will all be explained in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Bon voyage.